Good afternoon. This is Sister Lisa coming to you from the Ill, the Admin Elder Library, and today is June the 20th, 2022. Now, every month I have a retreat, uh, just myself, me, myself, and I. Um, actually, if I'm if I'm doing childcare that day, I still do childcare. Whatever I normally do, I still do, but I try to have a special time to retreat, special time during those days to do something a little bit different. To try to um, relax a little bit, try to reflect a little bit, to refocus, um, and those sorts of things. And um, today I only have one in child care, and my daughter Melissa, you know, she helps me with child care. So she, if you hear um, if you hear a baby in the background, she's got him. So um, don't think I'm neglecting my duties because I'm not. <laughs> But um, I wanted to take a few moments and work on the podcast. And then also just um, say, um, this morning during my prayer time, it's like God would not let me stop praying until I thanked him for being a widow. You're like, what? That's exactly what, that's how I was coming to. It's like, I can't thank you for being a widow. I don't like being a widow. I do not like being a widow, but it like impressed on my heart. Well, my husband could have been, um, uh, if, if they were able to bring him back after he had that um, uh, cardiac arrest, he could have been a vegetable, um, and I could have had around-the-clock um, care, you know, um, um, be a caregiver to him, and, you know, of course, I would have done that, but um, um, it would have been a hardship, of course, with the child care and the music lessons, life would have def- def- uh, been a whole different scenario. And instead of getting his life insurance and um, some of his re- and, um, a, a pension kind of thing to live on, instead I've been hard put because he would not have any income coming in. There's just a lot of factors involved. So yes, by the time before I got done praying, I like yes, in everything give thanks. Thank you, Lord, that I know that my husband's in a better place. Thank you, Lord, that he didn't have to suffer through all that. Thank you that he did provide so much for me while he was alive. Thank you that I do have such good memories and that we had 38 years of marriage. And thank you for our our three daughters and our six grandchildren. And, you know, start thanking God for the things that we have and not bemoaning the fact of what I don't have, you know. Um which is him. You know, I miss him, of course. I always will miss him. But I'm thankful that I am still Mrs. Mark Peter. I still am his wife. He's not here um, where I can physically um, talk to him, but I still talk to him. You know, if anybody lost a spouse or a loved one, you know you still talk to them. You know you still talk to them. um, And I write in a journal every day towards him, uh, to him. I write in, in a little journal, just thoughts and memories. He'll never read it, but it helps me. It helps me cope with my grief. And plus, it could be put into a book someday or um, passed on to my um, my children and grandchildren down the line. They might think, this is how, you know, this is how my mom felt about my dad. And um, just little conversations and memories, you know, little things like that. So it's not in vain. And so... I'm just saying that because when God doesn't make sense, that's the book that we're doing a review on. 
When God Doesn't Make Sense by Dr. James Dobson. Holding on to your faith. Holding on to your faith. And I know you can't see. Here, I'm not doing a video podcast. I'm just doing audio. So you can't see. But on my husband's desk where I have his pillow. (laughs) I have a pillow. Um, I took one of his white shirts years ago. I mean, years ago. Uh, And I stuffed it with uh, polyfill. And he tied the tie around the neck for me because I don't know how to tie ties. And um, I traced his hands and um, sewed those, sewed that fabric onto the end of where the cuffs are on the shirt. And I, my husband worked nights. So I hardly got to see him. And um, I told him, I said, I said, I like your pillow. Give me a hug because they don't have bones. You know how a person, you know, they <laughs> bones hurt. But um, anyway. I missed him when he was alive. He worked all the, uh, he worked so much, and then he had to sleep in the afternoons and evenings because he worked nights. And um, so that's pretty much we were like two ships passing in the night. But yet, we loved each other, and we loved our family, and we loved God. And he's sitting here at, I, I have his shirt here at the desk, propped up on the seat, and I have his cowboy hat facing the wall. I mean, the, the head part, the hat part's pointing out, of course, and it's where his neck, where his head would be. Anyway, sitting at this desk, but before he died in 2016, him and I watched one of the great courses, art classes, drawing classes, sketching, and he'd got us each sketchbooks and some pencils and different things, and we was watching, and one of the first, after we drew a few um, cylinders and some other different shapes and learned about the vanishing point and a few things. Um, one of the things to draw was a um, a headless body. Well, it was like a, a shirt in a chair. I'm not kidding. And I got mine right here and his, what he drew right here by his headless shirt. Only he, had, he has a cowboy hat on his. I'm serious. Out of all the things we could have drawn... Everything in life seems to be like it's prophecy of some sort. I don't know. We don't understand everything. But on his, uh, the hands on mine and the hands on his doesn't look anything the same. And I can't remember. I, I'd have to go back in, on the Great Course DVD and, and see what the picture was of. Because the one he has, um, seriously, the hand on his has got the thumb extended and uh, the pointer finger, they're facing down, but then the two knuckles, um, and then the pinky. It almost looks like he has, I love you. The I love you sign only is just pointing, it's pointing down instead of being up. But it looks like he could have been, had that and just bring the hand back down. Anyway, I don't know. It still, so, it still tells me he loves me. But anyway, just little things. Little things like that in life. And so, yes... In a weird way, I am thankful that I'm his widow. Because if he was still alive, he'd be still working, 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 having knee problems. And unless the Lord healed him, have bouts with gout and um, have heart problems, um, obesity. um, uh, He didn't really go to the dentist much, but he was having some issues with his gums. He was getting some special um, toothpaste and stuff to help heal his gums. Just... He wasn't old. He was 59 years old, but our, but the body, his body was having some issues. And so he's in a better place. He's got the ultimate healing, and we talked about that before. 
you know, he he told me, he said, Lisa, you're going to be mad, but I've been praying that if God's not going to heal me, that he'll just go ahead and take me. That's what Mark said. And so I've got to be glad that he got his prayer answered. He got his ultimate healing and that he did not leave me destitute. I could have been like um, this Carol, Catherine Marshall. Uh, I, I want to get back to those books. I might get to read some of that today. Uh, not on the podcast, I don't think, but um, take some more notes in her book because I'm so far behind in that. But her husband, when he passed away, Peter Marshall, he didn't have a life insurance. He didn't have anything put back for her. And they were living in a parsonage, and her and her son had to get out when they they didn't have a place to just stay like I've got. And um, she was able to write a book about her husband and, and his sermons and stuff, and it became a bestseller for her. You know, and um, but I don't have to do that. I mean, if, if I write a book and, and people get blessed by it, that's good. But it's not like I have to. It's not like I'm needing it for financial. Thing. If the if the Lord blesses me that way, you know, I'll have some money to give to the Tupelo's Children's Mansion or do something, maybe help out my children, my grandchildren down the down the line, do uh, reach some of their dreams, goals. Uh, I don't know, but anyway, let me get to this book, page fifty, number two. God's timing is perfect, even when he appears late. One of the great destroyers of faith is time in time. Okay. One of the great destroyers of faith is timing that doesn't fit our preconceived notions. We live in a fast-paced world where we have come to expect instant responses to every desire and need. Instant coffee, instant potatoes, instant cash from the little money machine, instant relief for sore muscles and minor backache. It's almost our birthright to make the world jump at our demands, but God doesn't operate that way. He is never in a hurry, and sometimes he can be agonizingly slow in solving the problems we bring to his attention. It's almost enough to make an impatient believer give up and try something else. Before bailing out, however, we should take another look at the story of Mary, Martha, and their brother Lazarus as told in John 11. The members of this little family were among Jesus' closest friends during the time of his earthly ministry. Verse 5 says, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. It was reasonable, given this affection, for them to expect certain favors from Jesus, especially if life-threatening emergencies ever occurred. Indeed, they were soon confronted by precisely that situation when Lazarus became desperately ill. His sisters did the logical thing. They sent an urgent note to Jesus saying, Lord, the one you love is sick. Verse 3, they had every reason to believe he would respond. Mary and Martha waited and watched the road for Jesus' appearance, but he did not come. Hours dragged into days with no sign of the master. Meanwhile, Lazarus was losing ground. He was obviously dying. But where in the world was Jesus? Did he get the message? Didn't he know the seriousness of the illness? Didn't he care? As the sister sat diligently, diligently at his bedside, Lazarus soon closed his eyes in death. The sisters were grief-stricken. Also, they must have been extremely frustrated with Jesus. He was out there somewhere performing miracles for total strangers, opening blind eyes, and healing the lame. Yet here they were in critical need of his care, and he was too busy to come. I can imagine Mary and Martha saying quietly to each other, I just don't understand. I thought he loved us. Why would he abandon us like this? They wrapped Lazarus in grave clothes and conducted a sad little funeral. Jesus did not attend. Then they said goodbye to their brother and lovingly placed his body in a tomb. Mary and Martha loved Jesus with all their hearts, but it would have been reasonable for them to have been annoyed when he showed up four days late. They may have been tempted to say, where have you been? Jesus, we tried to tell you your friend was dying, but we couldn't get your attention. 
Well, you're too late now. You could have saved him, but apparently there were more important things on your mind. Mary's words were more respectful, of course, when she said, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. John 11, 21. She wept as she spoke, and the Lord was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Verse 33. And then performed one of his most dramatic miracles as he called Lazarus out of the tomb. You see, the master was not really late at all. He only appeared to be overdue. He arrived at the precise moment necessary to fulfill the purposes of God, just as he always does. With no disrespect intended, let me say what happened here in Bethany is characteristic of the Christian life. Haven't you noticed that Jesus usually shows up when we think that he's not going to? He often arrives after we wept and worried and paced the floor, after we sweated out the medical examination or fretted our ways through the business reverses. If he arrived on time, we could have avoided much of the stress that occurred in his absence. Yet it's extremely important to recognize that he is never actually late. He's always right on time. So that's all I'm going to read today, page 52. Um, so anyway, um, yes, we don't always understand, but he's always on time. He knows what's best for us. He knows what the world holds and what the situations are. He knows our future. He knows. And that's what I was saying today on um, on, on my Monday Melodies with Lisa. I was saying... You know, he knows where he wants to take us. That's the goal. That's the spot. And he knows where we're at right now. That's another spot, the timeline. And then from where we're at now to where he wants to take us, he knows what roads and what paths, what he has to do to us to get us to where we need to be. That's. And we have to have a thankful heart, a heart of gratitude, a heart of willingness to not my will but thine be done. We need to surrender to him and we need to keep pointing others to the cross. Uh, I know um, a lot lately I've been hearing stuff about Paul in the Bible. He said, I know nothing save Jesus and him crucified. Well, I'm always talking about pointing people to the cross. We know it comes back to Jesus. Everything is about him and what he did. And what does it actually mean? I know nothing save Jesus and him crucified. All of our intellect, all of our ways of reasoning, all of our timing, all of our our goals and ambitions, all of our dreams, all of our successes, what we deem successes, all of our failures, what we think are our failures, all of that stuff, you know, it's nothing unless it's all about helping us to rely on Jesus, surrender to his will, being like him, not my will, but thine be done. And Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We've got to be forgiving. Whatever Jesus did on that cross, he suffered. It says we're going to have fellowship with his suffering. You know, we're not going to make it through this life without suffering. He didn't. We're not either. It's all about Jesus. And so that's what we have to keep focusing on. So God bless you. Y'all have a wonderful day. Love you. Bye-bye.